So, hello everybody, welcome to the podcast, The Clueless Doctor, and this is a roast, some call about Chakma, after quite some time, I don't really remember the last time I made an episode for this podcast, and I guess I was talking about the respiratory system, and, and in fact, that was my intention, to, to do a series, to, to do a very systematic episodes, you know, talk, talk about the respiratory system at one go. But you know what? I mean, since then, I have kind of veered from my, from my goal. I mean, I'd, I did continue reading about the respiratory system, but, but then I felt like I didn't understand the thing totally. So I just kind of for, forestalled making, making, making an episode on this podcast. But now I thought, you know, maybe I have to change my pattern a bit. I guess from now, I am going to talk about random stuff once again. I mean, not not in a very system systematic manner. So 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 I so I so I could be talking about, say, the kidneys one day, and about the blood cells the another day. So it's going to be pretty much, you know, pretty much. Uh, you know, episodic right now, the, the nature of this podcast. So yeah, so, so there's going to be a shift in the pattern of, you know, in, in my in, in my style right now. So yeah, so so having said that, I'm gonna talk about the topic for this episode, which is Billy Rubin. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because I have I have a presentation tomorrow on liver function tests. So I. So I had to read a lot about Billy Rubin, and I feel like I have good amount of knowledge to make to make a to make a podcast episode about it. So Billy Rubin. So I think this is a word um, many of us might have heard, you know, because all of us, many of us, we we have been to the doctor, and we we have had to do liver function tests, which are also called a hepatic panel, and in, and one of those important tests in, in that hepatic panel is bilirubin. So what is bilirubin? I mean, I mean, I think we 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 have an idea that when bilirubin is high, that's not good. So why is it bad? And what is bilirubin? So you see, bilirubin is this um, substance produced in the body from usually the breakdown of old RBCs because. RBCs they contain hemoglobin, as you might know, and so hemoglobin, as the name suggests, is made up of two components: globin, which which consists of proteins, and heme. Heme is an heme is an iron iron containing substance. All right. So globin, as it is as it is a protein, so this so this is broken down into its amino acids, and and that gets reabsorbed into the body. Heme, on the other hand, the <coughs> It gets broken down into bilirubin, so that's how the body produces bilirubin. And quite, quite, quite actually, there are also other heme-containing proteins in the body, like you know, like in the muscles, there is myoglobin, then also catalase, peroxidase, and other other proteins or enzymes in the body. So, so they also contain heme, and and also. And so 20% of the bilirubin formed in the body comes from the breakdown of heme in, in other heme-containing 
substances ex except hemoglobin. So, so let's let's talk about the the let's talk about let's talk more about the details of the metabolism of bilirubin. So, since 80% of the bilirubin is derived from the breakdown of of hemoglobin, so I'd, I'd rather talk in that context. So, as as you might know, RBCs, our red blood cells, they do have a lifespan. I mean, they're not eternal. They at some point they die. So usually. Usually their lifespan is 120 days. At the end of 120 days, <coughs> the RBCs, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not sort of like, um, sort of like efficient, and and they they really change their shapes and they they really become sort of like you know worn out. So so there are some places in the body, like in the spleen, the reticular endothelial cells, and even some cells in the liver, like the macrophages and, macrophages and the cuffer cells. So these cells, they break down the hemoglobin. They break down the heme and they form bilirubin. However, there are some... However, this, this, doesn't, this doesn't happen in just one single step. There are many other steps. So initially, initially heme is converted by an enzyme called heme oxygenase into a green colored pigment called biliverdin and it so happens that in this reaction some amount of carbon mo carbon monoxide is also formed which which being a gas is released out out, out through our lungs into the air and biliverdin <coughs> in turn this is acted upon by another enzyme an NADPH dependent enzyme called biliverdin reductase to form bilirubin so that's how bilirubin is formed now this bilirubin, they, it, it then finds its way in the blood, and we have to remember that bilirubin, as such, is water insoluble, and so blood is water, you know, it's fluid. So bilirubin cannot pass through the pass in the blood by, by itself. So it has to bind to a protein, albumin. All right. So it, so it binds to albumin pretty strongly. And there's also a good reason for this binding because albumin is a big protein, so it doesn't really, so it doesn't really sort of like you know escape into the cells or interstitium nearby, because that would be problematic. Because as I said, bilirubin is a potentially toxic substance, so we don't we don't want it getting deposited in the cells. All right, we 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 want it we want it to be excreted out. So, so so bilirubin. As it is bound to albumin, it doesn't really go to the cells. It doesn't really deposit there, and um, and this and now this albumin-bound bilirubin, as it is going through the blood, it also finds its way in the liver. In the liver, the albumin dissociates from the bilirubin, and bilirubin is taken up in the hepatocytes. So hepatocytes are the cells of the liver. So it finds their way in the hepatocytes, and in the and in the hepatocytes other reactions take place with bilirubin. So to say, bilirubin is conjugated. That's the word we use, conjugated. And as, and as the word suggests, what, what, what happens is that some, some other substances are added to bilirubin, which is glucuronic acid. So this reaction is called conjugation reaction, and, and the result of this reaction is usually bilirubin diglucuronide. There are two glucuronic acids attached to bilirubin, but sometimes when the liver, liver is overwhelmed, when it has a lot of work to do, suppose when too many RBCs are, are getting destroyed, so the liver 
you know, at this point is a bit lazy. So it's like, you know what? I'm just going to add one glucuronic acid to the bilirubin. So that is bilirubin monoglucuronide, which which might increase, like I said, in, in conditions where RBCs are getting destroyed more. So that is conjugated bilirubin. Now, this this bilirubin inside the hepatocyte conjugated around are conjugated this has a tendency of coming back into the blood all right because it's not supposed to go back in the blood it's supposed to be excreted out into the intestines through the through the bile in the bile duct so it, it, it's not meant to come out of the it's not meant to leak out back into the blood but some of it actually leaks out and that is if it is if it is conjugated it is it is excreted by the via the urine all right now, this bilirubin, all right, the bilirubin which does manage the most of it, which, which manages to go into the intestines through the bile duct. Now, this, this undergoes further reactions in the intestine, especially, you know, in, in, the, in the distal ileum and colon. So, the intestine, uh, if, you know, if, 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 if you're not familiar, there are two types of intestines we have in, in our body so we've got the small small intestine and then the large intestine so 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 the, and the small and the small intestine is made up of three parts um, duodenum jejunum ileum so the ileum is the more f f f further part of the small intestine and and ileum gives gives way to the colon so so it is in these areas in the distal ileum and in the colon where the where, where our gut microflora, our gut bacteria, they react with bilirubin, they, they act on it, and they deconjugate bilirubin, the conjugated bilirubin. So, so they form, so they form uro, urobilinogen. That's the substance which is formed, urobilinogen. And then once again, this, this urobilinogen, most of it is excreted out in the feces. And in fact, the reason why our feces look look you know yellow in color is because of the presence of urobilinogen. Well, of course, by the time urobilinogen comes in the feces, it is called stercobilin, and most most of the urobilinogen is excreted in the feces. So, however, some some amount of urobilinogen also is reabsorbed in the blood. So, in the blood, because this this urobilinogen is water soluble so it is actually excreted out through the kidneys all right yeah so that's about the metabolism of bilirubin and um so what is the normal level of bilirubin in the body well it is about 0, 0 0.2 to 0 0.8 milligram per deciliters and then when the levels increase you know it's not good so jaundice might occur jaundice is that yellowish tinge or hue to the skin all right and he, john john is i, th I think um it first shows up in the eyes in the in the white portion of the eyes called the sclera <coughs> so but 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 john this happens only when the bilirubin levels rise pretty high so the so the normal is up to 0 0.8 milligrams milligrams per deciliter but for john this to occur cl clinically bilirubin levels have to rise above 1.5 to 2 milligrams per deciliter so yeah yeah those are those are about the normal levels of bilirubin now depending on the depending on the cause jaundice can be classified into three types prehepatic hepatic and posthepatic so prehepatic is when you know is when the problem is prior 
to the liver to the liver when when the bilirubin hasn't been yet processed in the liver you know as as i mentioned the metabolism of bilirubin so and by this point i think i think you must be you must have gotten some idea how bilirubin is metabolized, what the liver does. Okay, so so any condition prior to the uh, prior prior to the processing in the liver, that that is called prehepatic jaundice. All right, and usually the cause for prehepatic jaundice is is any condition which causes more more destruction of RBCs. All right, so such such conditions could could be sickle cell anemia, thalassemia, G6PD deficiency, or even some drugs like penicillin. Or even some infections like you know malaria, so these so in these conditions more RBCs are destroyed. So more more RBCs destroyed means more him 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 breakdown, more bilirubin formation. So so in preapatic jaundice, the titers of unconjugated bilirubin rise in the body. So yeah, now now in hepatic jaundice. What happens is then the problem lies with the liver. So the liver is not working well for some reason. It could be due to cirrhosis or fatty liver disease or fibrosis. So the cells in the liver, the hepatocyte, they are not working well. So so they so they cannot so they cannot do their functions. They cannot conjugate bilirubin. As a result, you know, um, bilirubin gets accumulated in the body, and it, and it, and in, in hepatic jaundice, uh, it can both levels of both the conjugated and unconjugated bilirubin will rise and the reason for this is because although the liver is not working at its best there are still some cells in the liver which do their work more or less so still there is going to be some conjugation happening in the liver but not but not all of it yeah and then what is post-hepatic jaundice so in post-hepatic jaundice the, the, the liver is working fine However, as I said, the bilirubin has to be excreted or secreted in the bile, into the bile duct. So if, so, so if there is any obstruction in the bile duct, suppose it, it can happen if, if there is any stone in the duct, it can, like, like in gallstones, or, or, or even due to cancers in the surrounding areas, you know, if, if there is a, a cancer in the pancreas, you know, because the pancreas is not that far from the gallbladder gall, gall or, or the biliary tract so if the pancreas you know ha, has cancer if, if it grows grows a lot then it will impinge on the biliary ductal system so so that's also that's also going to cause the bilirubin to to, to not be able to be secreted into the stomach and that bilirubin is going to regurgitate back into the blood so as a result in post-apatic jaundice we see rise in conjugated bilirubin levels in the blood yeah so yeah so so and and, and also you know um i mean <clears throat> we i mean we to, to really to really diagnose what is the cause of jaundice bilirubin levels they, they're not the only test so we so suppose if someone has so we have to correlate with other signs and symptoms for example if someone has you know hemolytic jaundice or prehepatic jaundice then more since more rbcs they are getting this destroyed so the patient is going to have anemia and also other features all right and, and similarly if if it is a hepatic cause so the patient has a poorly functioning liver and because the liver also does quite a, quite a lot of other functions except you know metabolizing bilirubin so those functions they're going to be hampered as well in particular 
albumin production. So the so alb albumin, which I mentioned already, because it binds to bilirubin in the blood, al albumin is produced by the liver, and, and albumin is a very very important protein in the blood. So 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 when when so when the liver is not for working well, albumin levels in the blood will drop, and this will cause many problems. <coughs> There's going to be fluid accumulation in the peritoneum, like yeah, like you know, for 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 those of you who who have, you know, who, who have seen people with alcoholic liver disease, you, you might have seen their stomachs bloating, you know. So that's because of the fluid getting accumulated in the peritoneum. So yeah. And also in post-hepatic jaundice, there's going to be other problems. If it's a gallbladder stone, then there's going to be other problems as well. You know, pain in the abdomen and, and, and all that stuff. So we have to correlate with the other with the other signs and symptoms of the patient. And of course, there, there are also other liver function tests like AST, ALT, AALP, GGT. So, so we have to do those tests as well to, to kind of confirm that the disease is, is in the liver. Yeah. And also, you know, I mean, sometimes in appendicitis, appendicitis is, is inflammation of the appendix, all right, I mean, bilirubin levels increase. And the reason for, the, for this is, is that those, the, I mean, those, those bacteria, those inflammatory cytokines from the appendix, they find their way into the liver via the port, portal circulation, so they also cause inf inflammation, inflammation of the liver. And also another interesting point when, when it comes to bilirubin is that, I mean, in newborns, newborns they are much more vulnerable to to getting jaundice, is because they have more RBCs, and also their liver is immature, so the liver cannot does not have the enzymes to conjugate bilirubin, and 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 so newborns are way more prone to developing jaundice, especially newborns. Who have you know other conditions like Rh hemolytic disease, blood in blood incompatibility, G6PD deficiencies. So, so those newborns, they are even more vulnerable to getting jaundice. And of course, the treatment for jaundice is you know is, is light therapy. And and jaundice in newborns is is particularly more lethal because bilirubin can actually you know bilirubin can actually go to the brain and, and and it can actually get get deposited there and and it can cause a very fatal condition called carnicterus which is very very bad yeah so yeah so i think that's about bilirubin and um i think i have covered many of the important things about bilirubin damn it's already 18 minutes 19 minutes that i've talked so yeah i think i've covered a good deal about bilirubin um, yeah, so I think that's it for this episode. I hope you took something from this. I mean, I mean, I think it was a good informative episode about Billy Rubin, so I hope it helped. And I'm not sure, I mean, who listens to my podcast, I mean, I'm not sure about my audience, if, if the audience is, is also, uh, if, if they're also working in a medical-related re field or just kind of, or just kind of lay people because you know sometimes it's sometimes if 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 this podcast is for if if you are a lay person listening to this episode then i think there were some things that that you didn't that you didn't understand some terms but and and so i have to you know think about it i have to probably explain myself in in, in simpler ways but yeah i think um nevertheless i think um i think um 
you still would would, un would understand something. So yeah. So <coughs> so yeah, that's about my that's about this episode, and I hope you liked it. And I'll, I'll catch you next time. Bye bye.